0: Hello and welcome to Move the Line. I'm Ryan Noonan, excited to be back in this space to talk about real games, real NFL football. No more guessing, no more speculation, no more futures. It is time for week one. This episode of Move the Line is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy and their Pick'em Games. You can head over to 444.com slash underdog to find out how new underdog users can get a 100% deposit match up to $100 and a free pro subscription to 4. This offer is good for new and returning 444 subs. This offer, though, only applies to new underdog accounts. Accounts, very key word. Uh, also, underdogs pick em contest. you can up to 20 extra money in one night. All you have to do is pick the right side of an over and under, up to two props, uh, you get those rights, and you win. You pick up to five correctly, and you can 20 extra entry. So, again, head over to 444.com slash underdog for more details. Joining me here, well, I'll move the line as always, my friends, Connor Allen and John Daigle. Daigle, how you doing, buddy? I know you've been grinding. I know you're excited to at least get the grind started. That means we're closer to the end. How you feeling, buddy?
1: Uh, yeah, the grind's going to start whether I'm ready for it or not. So here we are uh, back to a routine every single week that involves just football. We're already what, three, four shows deep into the season, ready for week one. Week one's always fun because we're just making it all up, right? Like, we don't have data yet, so we're going up a lot of what happened last year. But I think we still have a couple of really good leans for this week. We'll see.
0: I agree. Uh, also, as always, Connor Allen, who I'm jealous of this time. Last year, the three of us were all together in Vegas. Connor now is representing us um, separately out there in uh, his hotel room in uh, Planet Hollywood. Connor, how are we doing week one?
2: great uh not drunk so you know that's good in (laughs) vegas you know i've I've been trying to control myself a little bit after last year and uh you know everything that happened so a lot of fun but you know excited for a good night tonight hopefully make a lot of money put in a lot of bets i've been scrambling around honestly for as much hype as vegas gets for being like a betting place betting on sports in vegas like sucks like it is like after having nice like apps and everything you have to go register in person for all these apps in vegas which it it sucks so i'm i'm Fully out on Vegas being a great sports betting place. Uh, Illinois, I think is better, especially once they get Circa. Then it's, it's over. All right. We're going to be live right here, 7 p.m. Eastern, every Thursday night, leading into
0: the Thursday night football game. We're going to discuss our favorite games on the board. Take your questions. So if you're hanging with us now on YouTube, subscribe so you don't miss a show and jump in the chat. Let us know what your favorite week one side or total bet is. Also want to remind you that we have two episodes of Move the Line each week, both available to stream live here on YouTube, also available in podcast form, uh, wherever you consume podcasts, that will continue to remain. Uh, in addition to this game preview show here on Thursday nights, Move the Line Prop Drop is live here as well, 2 p.m. Eastern every Friday. Pat Mayo will be joining Connor and I on the Prop Drop all season. We did a season-long prop show last week. Check that out in the feed, in the show notes as well, or on our Four for Four YouTube channel. Uh, throughout the show, we're going to have some references to our betting sub. Uh, betting sub secures you access to everything on the site, essentially everything that you need to be profitable this season. Every article, tool, weekly rankings, projections, DFS, high stakes, redraft, uh, anything, any questions you have there. And of course, the subscriber only discord, which is I think is the best resource to get all of our bets as soon as we place them covering multiple sports all year round. Uh, if you need help to get in the discord, let us know. Happy to help you there. We've got a ton of new betting tools and resources this season, that are specific to the betting sub only. Um, it's hard. So let us help you make it easier. 444.com slash plans. Again, links in the show notes to check that out. So, all right, longtime listeners will notice we're changing it up a bit this season. Obviously, the move from Wednesday to Thursday as well. But instead of touching on all the games, we're going to go and share three of our favorite looks. Um, this covers most of the slate and allows us to talk about the interesting games only, essentially, and avoiding those inevitable stinkers that come as the season progresses. And as we noted earlier, week one's its own beast. Really, these markets are mature in a way that's really unique to week one only. They've been posted at multiple books for upwards of four months at this point. It's not uncommon for us to see movement in these lines the week of. But at this point, I feel like they're generally fair prices or as fair as we're going to see at any point in the season. So our goal is to handicap a few, catch things that we believe that the market isn't properly accounting for. So, uh, Connor, I'll let you get us started. What is your uh, favorite look here to start week one
2: yeah i think that we've mentioned it multiple times so listeners of the offseason show here are getting rewarded but jags money line here uh you're able to find this plus 120 at FanDuel. Uh, i think that this is still a great look even though you know sharp clark uh has gotten us down on jags plus four and a half jags plus three and a half jags money line uh i mean i took some jags minus six and a half minus nine and a half alternate total alternate spreads here Um, just like looking at this team, you know, they have finally have a professional coaching staff. I mean, they added Brandon Scherf, they rank 15th in our offensive line rankings, Christian Kirk, obviously a solid addition as well. Um, just looking at preseason though, I was really impressed with how, you know, Trevor Lawrence kind of processes reads was able to kind of go through everything. And he was, you know, still, I think erratic at times, but was just making quicker decisions. And I think that that's, you know, pretty, pretty, uh, important. And then as well, you know, defensively, they added Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, um, and a few other options. And so now the commanders, I mean, going to be without Chase Young. Cam Curl and thumb surgery, their safety, and I think that that could be an issue as well. I don't think he's going to play. I mean, they're today they were really iffy. They're like, well, if he can't go, you know, we really believe in this guy. So, you know, some vote of confidence they're giving him right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think that the Jags, just the way that this team, these teams match up, I think that they win outright and are, you know, one of the teams this year that takes another step forward. So I, I like them to kind of start that here and don't mind playing some alts as well.
0: Hashtag our Jags. I also took the uh, over on the Jags team total at 20 as well. Which Again, like I feel uh, I'd rather have it on like 19 and a half on the right side of the key number, but I thought the way this line was moving, it was probably going the other way. So I'm okay with the 20 feel like, you know, probably worst case scenario. There's a push involved, uh, but I feel like the Jags are going to probably have to get to or over that threshold. If they're going to deliver what we're expecting for them in week one against the commanders. Daigle, I think you're probably on this. I know again, if I present it to you in the in the scope of it's an anti Carson Wentz bat, I think you're on <laughs> right.
1: well. We can look to Jacksonville and say upgrade in their coaching staff with Doug Peterson, who is historically a great offensive guru, to help Trevor Lawrence develop in year two. Whereas I can look to Washington and say. Football Outsiders, number 28 pass defense DVOA, there is nothing that makes me think that's changed. Like, we may say they naturally may be better because we ex- projected them to be good last year, but other than that, there's nothing. There's no splash signing. There's no splash draft pick. Chase Young is injured. What do I care about this secondary whatsoever? So, yeah, I think Jacksonville's just the better team outright.
0: Same scheme, same
1: guys. Now, they had
0: some injuries last year, but they were – historically bad as a pass defense on third and fourth down. they actually their success rate allowed was 10 percent higher than the 31st ranked team which was the Jets on third and first down. so they were third and fourth down I'm sorry they were really bad in the situations that matter and I just want to continue to kind of bet against them and you know we're kind of these two teams heading in different directions so um, with Connor here as most of our subscribers, anyone in the Discord who's been with us most of the season is heavily leveraged on the Jags. Um, and hoping for Sharp Clark and obviously our bankrolls that this kind of comes through because uh, this has been a strong position for Clark.
2: If you're a four for four sub and don't have at least one bet on the Jaguars at some point, I mean, you just, you're going to get banned. You know, you have to have at least one bet it's somewhere. Team total, win total, this game, I don't care. Just at least one.
1: Also, quick side note, Gatekeeper says I'm drinking apple cider. I just want to let you know, I discovered my favorite IPA, ever hazy ipa in chicago and now it's basically all i buy uh i will support local uh, small businesses so maplewood son of juice go to your store and buy it because if you like hazy ipas because it's incredible it's amazing
0: Maplewood is the elementary school i went to so i can support uh are we allowed (laughs) to support ipas uh at four for four i don't don't think tj it's changing of the guard okay yeah i trust you jd Um, first play for me is the Bengals. I'm gonna back the Bengals. I will lay six and a half. That's available, and it's minus 106 on FanDuel. Uh, they are home against the Steelers. Joe Burrow torched the Steelers both times last year. 81 completion, uh, 81% completion percentage in both matchups. I think there is a massive disadvantage on the Steelers side with the secondary. I think they are going to have trouble. Matching up with these weapons, obviously, we talked about this a lot. We, we've kind of squeezed all the juice out of the you know the Bengals thing here um, we, with Dangle in the preseason, but I, I know that the pass rush for the Steelers is something that we should be concerned about. But I'm bullish on the offensive line improvements. Again, we are a, again a year away, removed from the injury to Joe Burrow as well. I want to continue to buy in this offense. Um, I'm really worried about the Steelers offense. Um, and what they could do, I think the Bengals defense is underrated. And I think these matchups on the outside are going to be a real problem. So six and a half, I really am considering taking a position because I think you can find 26 and a half on a Bengals team total over. Uh, but I really like the six and a half laying here on the Bengals. Again, comfortable at home. They seem to have the number of the Steelers here. And again, I just want to fade the Steelers as well. So give me the Bengals at six and a half.
2: No, I like that. That's, that's a good call. I mean, the Bengals – Uh, I just think they're a far, far better team at this point. And, like, I I have a lot of worries about that Steelers offense. But, um, I mean, we'll see. Especially with – it seems like Deontay is, like, really, really suspect to make this game. I don't know. I mean, like – and then if that's gone, like, you're surrounding Trubisky with, like, Claypool and Pickens and a bad offensive line, oof, that's uh, that's not a good position you want to be in.
1: I definitely want to bet against the Bengals overall this year, given their – uh inconsistent schedule i should say since it opens <laughs> up since it opens up easy and then becomes impossibly hard in the middle of the year uh but this game it's just perfect for zach taylor to be an idiot and get away with it um uh, i expect this great this improved offensive line to not lean on joe burrow at all in this game especially with t higgins still battling that shoulder injury i think it's a big joe Mixon game and not only that but the pass rush should have. No issues here. Pittsburgh still rolls out at bottom five off defensive line. And what we saw in the preseason was Mitchell Trubisky was actually pressured on five more snaps than any other quarterback for the Steelers, despite recording fewer dropbacks than all of them. Uh, we don't expect them to pass as much, given that Rosberger went over 400 attempts in back-to-back seasons. But we do expect them to be more... Run heavy and perhaps leaning on Najee Harris, which is never a good thing, behind an offensive line and a player that has proven not to be explosive, just to lead the league in touches and still finishes the RB8 in fantasy points per game. So overall, like it's just a great situation to be on the Bengals' defense and Bengals' overall to run away with this game.
0: Yeah, mixing great matchups last year as well. We highlighted that Burrow's success against the Steelers last, last year in those two matchups. Also Mixon fantastic performances there as well. So yeah, giving the Bengals 6.5 and, a half and uh, interested in the team total, over 26 and a half if you can find that out there in the market as well jd first play for you buddy
1: what did i write down oh let's start with uh (laughs) titans how about that because even if the giants answer and i have questions about them answering diving into this more for DFS for the waiver wire I don't know how the Giants stopped the Titans at all like Ryan Tannehill was blitzed for instance on 30 percent of his dropbacks last year and finished with a 66 percent completion rate and 10 touchdowns of two picks on those throws and what we saw in the preseason was Wink Martindale go from Baltimore to the Giants and do the exact same thing and call league high 50 percent of blitzes on the team's defensive snaps and so if they try to do that that's that's great because they don't have a cornerback like Marlon Humphrey, like Marcus Peters, that they can get away with doing that anyways. Not only that, Ryan Tannehill averaged 8.2 yards per attempt with Derrick Henry on the field last year, uh, as opposed to 6.3 yards per attempt when Derrick Henry was injured. Like, Derrick Henry makes a world of difference, not just for himself, but for Tannehill to open it up against what I think could be the league's worst secondary at year's end. So I think the Titans get their points no matter what happens here. And we've heard enough bad reports out of camp about Daniel Jones. We know they're coming in with injured receivers. We know Kenny Galladay is just casting checks nowadays. Um, I I don't know how the Giants score points. So overall, I think Tannehill and the Titans run away with this one.
0: I want to fade the Titans this season. I do too. But I'm with you. Like, this is not the spot to do so. I'm really worried, obviously, about everything we've heard from the Giants this season. I thought originally, I think it was the first preview pod we did, and at this point that's, you know, over two months ago. I was excited about the Giants. thought they could be a fun over-team. It's kind of bullish on the Brian Dayball stuff. At that point, we didn't really have any confirmation that Kenny Galladay was complete dust. At that point, we didn't know that Kadarius Toney was going to continue to have off the field problems and pull every sort of soft tissue ligament that he has in his body that we'd be probably leaning on like David Sills and and Wandel Robinson uh, in a big, big way in week one. So like I want to short the Titans whenever possible. Uh, I don't think that this is the place to do so. So I'm I'm kind of with you. It's a stay away for me. But I again, I like this price. Again, you're under the six and points, but has a minus 107, which is a pretty nice price. Connor, do you have any leans on this one?
2: No, I think a lot lot of the same here. I I don't really like the Titans that much either. But I I mean, I just feel like they are in a position where they could probably just hand the ball to Derrick Henry 30 times and just be totally fine and win win this game by six to seven points. And if they have any success passing the ball, they win by like 10. So that's kind of my take. I do have some serious concerns about the passing offense, but I mean, I think that they'll have no problem carving this this defense up.
0: Yeah, shouldn't matter here. Carter, uh, bet number two for you.
2: Yeah, so my second bet is the uh, 49ers minus six and a half uh, against the Chicago Bears here. You can find this over at FanDuel. You can find it at BetRivers uh, as well. But, I mean, at the end of the day, we've been looking all offseason, all three of us have, uh, trying to find every way possible to short the Bears. I think that we have a great opportunity here in week one. Uh, you know, Bears fans, I, they just want to be happy that, you know, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace are gone, but this roster got like seriously worse. They lost defensively Khalil Mack, Eddie Goldman, Keem Hicks. Uh, offensive, their offensive line projects to be bottom five unit. Their pass catchers, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Vilas Jones, Equinemia St. Brown. Uh, you know, it's just a disaster zone for Justin Fields, who has essentially nothing to work with and now is squaring up against a real team. You know, everyone in Chicago, is funny, was getting real pumped over that, you know, 21 point three touchdown first half against the Browns in preseason. Um, I mean, the Browns were missing like six or seven starters, like they're only good players. Um, and so, you know, I think that it's it's fine to, to think that they could be better in the future. I think that there's a lot of potential. They have a lot of, they're in a great position for the salary cap going forward. But at this point, looking at their roster, it's just, I mean, it's barren. Um, and the 49ers, I don't really think that they, they don't have to make Trey Lance be the hero that he needs to be here. Um, you know, like they can just run the ball, they can play a control game, like their defense should be good enough to kind of sit in and stop fields while they just establish the run and really dominate in the trenches. So, you know, I think that at this point, like Trey Lance, they'll probably try and kind of keep him, you know, a little bit tight here and not let him go in week one against the Bears when they don't have to. But I still think anything less than seven here is is like, I mean, this is these teams are just in a world like of difference. Like they're not even close, they're not in the same same realm. On Chicago's 53-man
1: roster, nine rookies are on defense, and we're expecting at least three of them to start on Sunday. Uh, I, I'm I'm very worried about the Bears just not being able to get any pressure, already ranking 23rd in pressure rate last year, and just getting worse via who they lost in the market, um, and didn't sign anyone. So yeah, it's not really even about what the 49ers can do in offense for me and Trey Lance. It's really just about chicago adding anything to this game just showing up on sunday in a beautiful fall afternoon in chicago outside of that i don't think they bring anything to the table for three hours
0: fifth round pick braxton jones gets baptized in a big big way in week one against nick bosa it's not it's not great for chicago i would love to find some optimism and i know kind of the narrative that pro bears fans have is that anything offensively around the scheme and what they're going to do in and, and that this new system isn't going to try to shoehorn Justin Fields into a system designed for an immobile quarterback. They're going to be more progressive. That's probably true. Um, The reality is Luke gets, never called plays in the league before. And just because he hasn't done it doesn't mean that he can't do it. But I would certainly feel a lot better knowing that we have a system or a guy that's has a a proven track record, especially this guy still in a, Bad, with a bad offensive line, limited pass catching core, uh league average at best running backs, and obviously we know a horrible offensive line. I'm sorry,
1: it's just I, bad and has no depth. So I was in a I was in a local pub the other night and someone saw me working on my computer and asked what I'm doing. And then you know, you had to go to the whole spiel of what you do and what do it, you do? I always say I talk about football on TV, which used to be true (laughs) on NBC. Not true anymore, but it sounds the most impressive and it's easiest to get away with saying. Um, Mm -hmm. So either way, I was just there on my computer and I explained everything. And then we started talking about the Bears, the bartender and I. And uh, he said, do you think they'll be better? And I explained the reasons why which is a whole nother spill and uh he goes i think they'll be better and then he says is matt naggy there and i said no he goes that's it like that's really right it. and honestly that's it. That's you it. know that's what it. like he has he does have a point but at the same time yeah the roster is very bad clearly
2: yeah Father,
0: what do you say when you're asked that? i go sports media i mean i'm in sports media Sports media is also that's I, yeah,
2: yeah i say i, I work for a sports are. media company that's what i say i said sports sports media you're also right. both
1: married so talk about football on tv someone else may perk their ears up and that helps me. So yeah, there you go. it sounds better. <laughs> yeah. You throw true.
2: alley-oops to my buddy anytime. That's true. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, I, this game is just, is just so, so ridiculous. I, I can't wait for the, the bears just to get like wrecked. And I'm actually going to the game. Rahul uh, roped me in with some tickets. He got, he got a free ticket. So I'm, uh, I'm going to the game on Sunday when I come back and uh, I'm excited to watch them get, you know, just destroyed. Uh, Our own
1: Jeff Hicks also has a, uh, a question in the chat about the forecast of the weather. I will say we are on weather watch this week. Uh The Titans and like Ryan Danhill Derrick Henry, like that could be rain and a thunderstorm. We need to be careful of that because then like, these are the things I'm looking at for DFS really, especially for Derrick Henry. Also with uh this game, uh, I believe there absolutely is rain in the forecast for Sunday. So oh, yeah. something else to be aware of, which would certainly help out the 49ers. Offense I think too.
2: that literally helps them out even more. And right. something that I, I, one more point that I want to add here is that, you know, I think that even the Lugetsy helps change the play calling and, you know, is able to script a bunch of good plays, what happens after the first 15 plays? Like, what happens after their script is done? Like, how is this offense going to be able to operate without, like, knowing what, exactly where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing? I just, uh, I, I cannot wait. It's going to be a train wreck. Any Bears unders, like live Bears unders will be money if somehow they rip off a touchdown drive, I think, in the first, like, you know, quarter or two.
0: All right, my second bet is on the Kansas City Chiefs. I am going to take over on their team total. Um, it is available now at 30 and a half at plus 100 at BetMGM. I took it and posted it in the Discord uh, for our subscribers at 28 and a half um, a couple of days ago. But yeah, now we're kind of dealing within key numbers from 20 and a half to 30 and a half. And although that's two points, we just don't land on 29 and 30 even very often. So we're really kind of, not in uh, the movement is the movement. It's been really kind of derived from how the line itself has moved. This has moved from like chiefs minus three and a half to chiefs minus five and a half, even six in some spots. So the chiefs team total has kind of moved along with it. Anywhere under 31, 30 and a half, I am absolutely fine with. I think we we often hear and give Andy Reid a lot of credit for how he does coming off of a buy. His record is – fantastic historically coming off of a buy and that to me just talks about his preparation for his teams especially when he has more time and we've seen this historically play itself out in week one I mean, the Chiefs don't really play anyone of note in the preseason um, but really doesn't really matter the Chiefs have topped 33 points in week one for six straight seasons Um, And they often, because of who they are, play fairly strong teams. They play, you know, there's been you know good defenses like the Browns. They've gone to New England, even with, you know, Alex Smith and hung crazy numbers in these spots. So I'm not worried about this offense getting off to a slow start. And I know we've talked about the concern about the ceiling of this offense with Tyreek Hill. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that his loss is not impactful. We do have a six-game sample size in which Hill has missed games during the time with the Chiefs. During those six games, the Chiefs still averaged 2.4 points per drive. That would have finished eighth in the league last year. This is different. In those scenarios, Hill was literally just out of the lineup. Now, they've had an entire offseason between free agency and the draft to supplement that loss, whereas that was simply taking him out of the lineup. So I still think this is a top-five offense. I think actually because the defense is a problem, um again relying on young guys in the secondary kind of unproven guys and the defense is going to be not very good this year they're going to be in some shootouts and I think that helps them as well so again this is also another opportunity to fade Arizona in the defense we talked about that a lot in the preseason too Chandler Jones is now in Las Vegas JJ Watts questionable for this game their best corner who they just acquired from the Raiders in, in Trayvon Mullen um, he's questionable with a toe injury He's the only corner that they have that's going to get like, any meaningful snaps in this game that ranked above 80th in PFS coverage grade last year. The, uh, the rest of the guys were anywhere from 80 to 111. That's out of 116 qualifiers. They are starting a dumpster fire secondary against Patrick Mahomes in a controlled environment in the dome in week one, uh, anywhere under 31. I love the Chiefs. It's my favorite play of the week. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dagle?
1: Yeah, this cornerback uh, room also allowed a league high in receiving touchdowns to opposing wide receivers last year, four more than the Bears did in 2021. And then you already mentioned their PFF grades. Uh, I believe Marcus Golden, their slot corner, graded out as the worst slot corner in the league at Pro Football Focus last year, this is, which is also why I'm high on Juju Smith-Schuster's reception total and him for DFS in particular. So they do have the athletic linebackers that can move with Travis Kelsey, but everywhere else they can't guard. The chiefs whatsoever so i am actually more down on the chiefs long term this year than you and honestly the public are uh but i that doesn't stop me on this game Them reaching 30 points they have the highest team total on the board um 29 and a half consensus most places you look and yeah it makes sense that they just go over that
0: yeah i think we all took or at least leaned under uh during our preview pod on the the 10 and a half and the win total uh, because it, for me, it's the concerns more so about the defense than it is anything offensively. Uh, Connor, any thoughts here on the Chiefs during this game?
2: No, but I think that their defense and the Cardinals offense will help kind of elevate the game state to to help them go back and forth here. And there's nothing, I mean, there's no better games than Patrick Mahomes being in an elevated game state where he just has to throw the ball as much as possible. And I mean, I, I would love nothing more to see that this Sunday. But that being said, I think that they're they'll just be able to be dominant enough offensively that they should be able to cruise over this total, uh, you know, pretty handily. So I, I lean over here as well. If you can find somewhere under 30, that would obviously I think be ideal. But at the same time, I think that this is still still a good look.
1: In the other case, I would say the Cardinals may push them. I still think the Chiefs are going to get there, but. Like this week, I don't know who the hell the Cardinals throwing to. I mean, we got Zach Ertz. No Rondale, We got yeah. Zach Ertz, perhaps on the sideline. Now it looks like Rondell is going to be a multi-week injury. Uh, it, Anton Wesley is also banged up. It it's like they have no choice but to play thirty-four-year-old AJ Green on every snap. And I don't know if if they if it, this game gets out of hand, I don't know if James Conner is a player like. They want to throw out there for every snap. I don't know if that's the game script they want to keep him out there knowing they're trying to preserve him for the full season. So I don't know what this team's going to do, honestly.
0: Are we chasing the dragon with Eno Benjamin uh, receiving yards props here? No, 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 no. We don't, do- we don't that. even get that. not even that. No, 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 no. They, they it's, week, it's week one. Calm down. <laughs> I'm just joking. They're not even going to post Eno Benjamin receiving yard props. Oh, man. Uh, Dago, what's your uh, second bet?
1: My second bet I will mention is the one that unfortunately combats Will Clark, our good friend, Sharp Clark, because I still believe the Eagles-Lions games goes over 48 and a half. Started at 46 and a half, got juiced up. He bet the under in his week one tractor. Uh, I also believe he got under 49, so maybe that makes a difference to him, but I actually still think it goes over. And that's because we know the Eagles leaned on the league's highest run play rate with 33 carries per game from week six on last year, compared to 22 carries per game leading up to that point. But given how their off season played out and trading for AJ Brown immediately extending him and how they deployed Jalen Hurts in the preseason for six passes on seven dropbacks, very minute sample. I understand, but we also know, they have to see what they have in Jalen Hurts. They know that because they need to know if Jalen Hurts is the answer by the draft since they had those three picks in the first two rounds. And that's their one question mark. Do we trade these for a quarterback who is better or is Jalen Hurts literally the face of our franchise? Now they're just surrounded by the league's best offensive line and the best personnel, not only in the NFC East, but you could argue at least top two in the entire NFC. And so overall, like, I don't expect them to have that 34% pass play rate with a six-point lead that they did last year. If this is garbage time for the Eagles and they're just outright better than the Lions, I actually think they throw more because that's what they need to know if Jalen Hurts can throw more and be better. So I, I'm much higher on this uh, game script and total than than I guess a lot of people.
0: I kind of agree Now This is rare. I don't want to go public very often and say that I agree with Dan Rivera. You can get... <laughs> You can get the Eagles team total at twenty six and a half. Again, on Ooh, the right side, of, okay.
1: I like that better. That's good.
0: On the right side of a key number. Change and you're path. not having to worry about Joe uh, you know, or Jared Goff doing any work there either. So it's not a that's not a bad look too. Um yeah, minus to one ten on FanDuel is the best look for for that. It's twenty six and a half in a bunch of spots. So
1: and honestly, I, I did think we were going to get pushed back too. The Frank Ragnow injury that suddenly popped up on Thursday scares me now. Uh, I mean, Jared Goff still, only, still had a 66% completion rate against zone coverage, uh, which we know Jonathan Gannon ran on 62% of their defensive snaps last year, and like they're not going to change that scheme. But still, like there is question marks of if they can push the ball. So, yeah, I guess the team total is probably the safer bet, even though I still like the team. I still like the over. Yeah, I get it. Connor, what
0: are your thoughts on this matchup?
2: Yeah, I mean, well, so we can just go into my bet here because it's, I didn't realize oh, shoot, shoot. it's the same game. Uh, you know, I, I forgot here, but I like the Eagles minus three and a half. They, I mean, they opened at five and a half in the offseason. And the restore the roar and hard knocks movement and <laughs> sharp batters all over, you know, people, respectable people in the industry love the Lions. And I don't True. think any of us are on it. and especially They're too like, early.
1: They're one year too early.
2: Right. And if you look at like, so like a lot of the points for the Lions in the offseason was like, oh, top five offensive line. Now you have Ragnall Hurt and the – I don't know how to pronounce his name, but something with an H, Big H. Uh, he's out, you know, already, their guard. Uh, and then, so, Big H. you know how to pronounce it's, it? Uh, they, they call him Big V. Big V. By, by, by
1: tie. they call him Big yeah, V. By tie, yeah, By
2: tie. Yeah, so he's out. And then part of the other, you know, thing was, oh, Jameson Williams is going to come in and crush and be like a, could be like a dominant asset right away in addition. None of those, like, all that's, like, gone. So, like, the offensive line could be a little bit suspect in week one. Their receivers, I mean, obviously, you know, they still have a good core, but, like, I think Jameson is kind of provide that extra layer so I'm a little bit worried about that matching up. against the Eagles team that, you know, obviously make great offensive additions, make great defensive additions in the offseason. And this Lions defense, like we already had a lot of questions about already. 30th in EPA per play last year, 30th in explosive pass rate. And what they added Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, he's not gonna change the whole thing. So, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty uh pretty confident that I like the Eagles here, minus three and a half. I know that we're getting them right above the three. It feels a little awkward, but I mean, I think they win by a touchdown or more. I think some some alt uh, old spread as well. And I think that, uh, um, uh, some, the team total is a great look as well. Um, you know, that's, I guess my only concern is like if the lions offense, like truly just like, you know, shits the bed, like, you know, maybe the Eagles don't get there, but still I think that 27, I mean, 30 points even should be no problem for the Eagles. Although the rag injury
1: has me concerned. I will say it, it is a good makeup honestly for the lions offense. Like, uh, I know people have cited that, oh, well, like this injury now, Jared K- Goff can't go deep. Jared Goff has hit a single-digit rate of throws 20 yards downfield for three consecutive years. He never goes deep anyways. That This alters nothing. It's a matter of them finding the right spots. Uh, it's such a blow-up game for St. Brown, uh, and maybe a little bit for T.G. Hawkinson if he ever blows up. So that that's what... Yeah, I, I, the, that's why the Ragnall injury, like, moving the ball at all, at least through the running game, at least since we know they're going to start that way. I remember when Dan, T- G- Dan Campbell took over play calling after the bye, they averaged seven fewer pass attempts per game, 38 to 31. That's a big difference. Big so difference. That's, why, that's why I start worrying now.
0: No, very fair. That makes sense. But, yeah, pro Eagles, I think we all kind of are on the – I guess, anti-restore the roar. I just think it's – there's questions of the quarterback. I think Daigle pointed out in our preview series. You just your ceilings cap when Jerry Goff is your quarterback. And they just have massive questions with the secondary. I know that the offensive and defensive lines can be approved and they should have a better pass rush, and a lot of these things are true. But, like, Jeffrey Okuda has done zero, and they need him to be the guy uh, because everything else there is is terrible. Mike Hughes had a good year in Kansas City, and Detroit gave him the, the bag. He's been healthy for two seasons. Those two seasons, he has been the most targeted cornerback in the league. That is not an accident. That is because coaches on film see something that they think that they can win with, and that's a problem. So again, I have questions of the secondary, and that kind of I think hurts the ceiling of this team. A Last bet for me here, I am on the Ravens. Um, most of the six and a halfs are gone. Uh, minus one ten on DraftKings at seven. Six and a halfs have been out there fairly regularly. Um, I just. I don't think that – well, I'll back up. I think that actually the Joe Flacco stuff is probably better for the Jets' case, to be honest, based off of what we've seen with Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. It still is not good enough for me. There are some massive advantages in this game, I think, on the Ravens' side. Ravens are healthy. we heard and talked about it a lot. They had the highest adjusted games lost in the history of football outsiders tracking that dating back to the mid-'80s. Offensive line gets additions – With Ronnie Stanley coming back from being hurt last year, Tyler Linderbaum in the draft, they are going to run it down the Jets' throat. They call a ton of gap-heavy runs. They actually had, according to PFF, 80.3% of their runs last year were considered gap-blocking plays, which is significantly higher than the league average, 42%. The Jets went 0-8 last season with his new defensive coordinator and defensive system with Robert Sala. 0-8 0-8 against teams that finish the year with a gap-blocking percentage above the NFL average. 4-5 um, and 5 against teams that use that concept less frequently. We actually know that the Jets actually can be pretty stout the last couple of years, even though they've been bad against the run. Not so with the team that runs a system that they're going to see here. We also have questions on the defensive side. Even though they've got better, they don't have linebackers and safeties that can really hang with Mark Andrews. And we know that there's limited pass catchers in, in Baltimore. Mark Andrews is not one of those. He's a stud and he's going to be leaned on here. And I don't think that the jets have anyone that can slow him down. They're not going to be able to slow down Lamar. And I think that's a massive issue as well. And I think they're going to be able to get a ton of pressure. They play a lot of man to man. And again, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, they added Kyler Fuller. Like they're going to be able to lock down and man. And I think do a lot of stuff up front to disguise these blitzes. And again, I, there's a reason that Joe Flacco has been a backup for the last three four years. And I know that he might be an upgrade over Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be in trouble here in this matchup. I'm willing to lay the seven. I could see this getting out of hand. We've had a great history of uh, Harbaugh coming in in Week One and covering and playing really well, like the Ravens here. Willing to lay the seven. Diggle.
1: My only comment: I have no opinion on the seven, but it has moved to seven and a half in a lot of spots, and I'm interested in the hook on the Jets if you can get it there, because uh, I, I don't. Get that. think I just want the hook. I'm playing the number at that point since it opened at four and a half. And I think the line moved too far for Zach Wilson when he doesn't matter at all. So that's my only opinion on this. I question the Ravens, like if they're, if they're even top heavy, like I still question Rashad Bateman. I like, I wonder what the hell this offense even is, um, and like the Jets, they they still have the playmakers. Everything's in place with that organization, genuinely on the offensive side of the ball, except at quarterback. So if they move a little bit, Week One will be the do it when you have no film on Joe Flacco under this offense. So that's that's my only opinion on it. Um, seven, I yeah, I, I don't lean either direction.
0: Yeah, back Beckham hurt. Obviously, Dwayne Brown comes in to replace him. He looks like he's not going to play in this one either. Connor, what are yeah.
2: your thoughts here? No, I, I like, I like the, I like the Ravens here. And I like the, I think the jets team total under you played that as well, Noonan. And I think it's a good look. I know that Flacco provides a little bit more life there, but I still am just not really sold on this team in general. And I think that a lot of, you know, their projection going forward was reliant on an offensive line that now is not really quite as strong as we had anticipated. And, you know, Garrett Wilson taking an immediate role and a step forward, which also seems to not be the case based on what we're hearing. So, um i mean we'll see but you know i would lean towards the under on their team total you find that like 18 and a half i think 19 in some spots uh and i like the ravens which were six and a half for a while now seven with the flacco news i believe um but you know i don't really think that that should have even mattered to be honest i would i mean if Zach wilson had started we would have i would have bet every single ravens you know on po- everything possible like and every jets under possible
0: yeah Corey davis ranked 91st out of 105 qualifying receivers last year, averaging one yard per route run in man-to-man situations. And Garrett Wilson, who I think is going to be okay, but has not been glowing reports, I think is going to be, again, another baptiz- baptism by fire here in week one against some elite corners that missed a lot of time last year. Very, very different. Now, again, we can talk about uh, you know people love Elijah Moore, That's fantastic. That's not enough to get it done in this matchup. I think they are, you know, Baltimore was second in run stop win rate last year. I think, you know, Brees Hall, what's his prop? 34 yards, 37 yards. I think he probably goes under it. Like, I don't like Michael Carter in this matchup. They're going to have a hard time running the ball, sustaining drives. I just don't see much of the ceiling in the Jets' offense, which I think, regardless of what we think about the Ravens' offense, I think the Jets' offense is going to really struggle. And that makes me feel good about the seven. The the Brees, Brees Hall mob is in
2: shambles. <laughs> the Brees Hall mob is in shambles. You hate to see it, guys. You just truly you hate to see it. It's, it's Homer's you know, Hall I,
1: I do still like uh, Elijah Moore props, and oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, DFS option. I think he's. I think he's a great play this week, if only because. You know, last year, even when he was playing, he only played over 80% of snaps in five games. He wasn't a, he wasn't a full-time player at all. Whereas this year in the preseason, he played every single snap with the first tr- first string offense. Garrett Wilson only played two snaps. I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know if Garrett Wilson reaches 20% of snaps this week. So, like, yeah, I do, I do actually love Elijah Moore. But, again, that's probably not enough to hang around, even though I do like the hook at
0: 7.5. J.D., take us home. What's your last bet?
1: I don't know how the Falcons score any points. And so I'm just laying the points with the Saints overall. Like when you look at the Falcons... Only two of Marcus Mariota's and Desmond Redder's 11 combined preseason carries were design runs. They weren't intelligently being rolled out or schemed for yards. They were literally running for their lives behind a bottom two offensive line. Kyle Pitts last year against the Saints totaled 70 receiving yards on 12 targets in those two contests. And we know they're going to use him in the same formation, in the same role, because they never move him around. They only stick him out wide and tell him to try to beat the league's best corners, which he probably can't do against the Saints. And Drake London just went three consecutive weeks without practice and no one talked about it at all he returned to limited basis this week but honestly like i don't know what the hell this offense is i don't know what the hell this team is and like everyone's saying oh yeah marcus Mariota when he's healthy i mean the last time marcus Mariota was healthy he got benched under arthur smith who's not going to call a intelligent offense we saw last year so uh it's just a i think for me it's an easy bet to just fade the the falcons overall what do
2: you think connor yeah no that's that's a good look here and i i think i would be more confident in the saints if they were like fully healthy you know i think that there that there was a couple injuries there that popped up late but i still think that just like from a roster composition standpoint like we were all bullish on the saints preseason and we were just so down on the falcons and like they're just there again this is another i think a good example of two teams that are just not even close to each other in terms of you know player on player like matchups and like where these teams are at so yeah i definitely lean towards the saints here i think that getting less than six is even on the road you know i still think is a good look yeah,
0: I agree. I mean, I think the Saints are a playoff team. I don't think you're a playoff team if you can't win uh, both home and away against the Falcons in the division. Um, five and a half, getting under the six, I think is is important too. Uh, again, the worst offensive line in the league, and they brought the entire unit back. And I get the added benefit of having a mobile quarterback in Marcus Mariota who can ideally, I think, theoretically extend plays in a way that's different than Matt Ryan. But I, again, I feel... Questions with the receiving core. The defense is a problem, really, outside of, you know, the, the secondary. We basically have attacked. Uh, again, it's it should be old at this point because the scheme is different, the coaching staff is different. But like Atlanta against pass catching running backs have been a problem for like a decade. Um, you can see a path to Alvin Kamara having a nice day here too. So yeah, I mean Trevor Penning is out. I think maybe one of the injuries that Connor's referring to. I'm um, not great, but he's coming back and they'll be fine. I'm not worried about the Saints here in week one against the Falcons. And I think to Connor's point too, and I think there's a, a kind of a steady stream in our show. And I said definitely how my bets have been in this game is I really want to lean on all the work that we've done this off and, and kind of developing these thoughts and takes and, and feelings about these teams. And a lot of these are spots where I want to, leverage a team that I like and bet against a team that I that I don't like I like the Bengals this year I want to bet against the Steelers I like the Chiefs offense I think they're going to be okay I want to bet against the Cardinals I am still fading the Jets and I want to get down on the Ravens I think the Saints and the Falcons kind of fit that narrative too and again I don't want to throw out six seven months of work in one week based off of you know market movement and numbers when I feel like we should feel like at any point in week one, we have an advantage over the market at times because we've done some of this work as well. Again, the market is as sharp as it's going to be in any sport, but um, you know we're not clowns. We're not just kind of winging this in the last 24 hours or so. We've done a lot of work around these teams, and I think trying to feel like you got an edge and hammer and push that edge in week one makes a lot of sense.
1: I, I'm just excited – because beyond week one, next week, when we actually get data, that's when work's involved and that's when everyone fades away. That's when we really get an edge because that, again, it entails work and we choose the best. not many people do the work. So it's the best whenever you can grind because that's when you set yourself apart.
0: And week two, we have a one week of data and everyone overreacts to the one data set that we have. Right. Exactly. So that's fantastic. So,
2: right. Because early in the season, it's all just, sub- it's, it's I mean, it is mostly subjective. Daigle talked, talked about it the, you know top of the show here, but we just don't have any like true data and we're just going based off off-season moves, coaching changes, you know, like what we've seen in, in preseason, you know, scarce amounts and how much that even matters and kind of just trying to balance all that together into our opinions on teams. And then we will some see some things in week one that matter, but most of the time, I mean, like, I think our priors kind of weighing that with what we see in week one is still important heading into week two.
0: Yeah. Don't be afraid to press your edges in week one. So, all right, let's wrap it up. Let's go watch the football. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Move the line. Or if you're listening here on Friday morning, we'll be back in the afternoon again, 2 PM Eastern, for the prop drop show with Connor, and Pat Mayo, and myself, going around uh, handling any of your questions as well. We'd like that to be a very interactive show. So feel free subscribe on YouTube. You'll get the alerts so you can join that chat. Let us know any props that you're considering. We can get uh, share our thoughts with you on those as well. Love that and look forward to that as well. And again, wherever you listen to podcasts, we'll be back there as well. So for Connor and Aegle, I am Ryan. We will see you all soon. Thanks everybody. Yeah.